to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hi, Bright Lights. So glad to have you listening to this episode of Architecting. I am Angela Mazzi, the founder of the Architecting Community, and I am so glad to have you here to be part of the dialogue because we do tackle a lot of the hard issues of navigating being a creative professional in the world. And today I want to talk about persuasion. In a lot of ways, as much as we don't like talking about it, being successful is about sales. It's about convincing other people that you can help them. It's about getting other people excited about what you do, how you do it, why you do it, so that they say, I want that. I want that experience. I want the outcomes that you're able to get that matters to me and I want it. When you think about how we learn about designing, We learn about designing in this very, very insular way where we're taught to maybe look at precedence and experiment, but we're taught to arrive at some conclusion and to defend it because it is, which is a lot like your mother saying to you when you question something, some rule, whatever, because I said so. Think about what that felt like when you heard that. You already thought whatever it was didn't make sense or was unfair or whatever. And she didn't have a damn good reason for saying no. She just didn't want to because she said so. And did that in any way convince you of the spirit of the law so that you actually would be likely to, without parental controls make good decisions. No, it wasn't helpful at all. It just deepened your resistance. But I want you to think about how many times when we're doing a presentation for a client or we're trying to pitch something within our firms, do we take that on, that energy of, well, I figured this out, and since it's figured out, it must be right, and why should you question me? And we take rejection of our ideas personally, like as if the person is saying, you're worthless, no good, can't do anything right, when they just didn't resonate, maybe, with what we were showing them. Today, I want to help peel back all that thinking and that process in how you think about things in a different way. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to stop polarizing. And this is a challenge because this is how our brain likes to work. Our brain understands the world by putting things into categories and by deciding how much something is or isn't like something else we already know, and then it makes matches, right? So groups like things together. 
And we also understand the world through something called contrast. When we see or experience the opposite, we're like, okay, well, seeing the opposite helps me understand the thing. In very simple terms, curvilinear is juxtaposed with rectilinear, and we kind of create a polarization, this or that. Dark and light, right? We use that a lot to bring out the drama of form and shape. But we also do it with people. When we hear somebody say something that we align with, in our mind, they're right. And when we don't align with whatever they say, they're wrong. And there really is no space in the middle in this model. We've really created this complete polarization. And it's happening more and more in our culture, and it's very much fueled by social media. Why? Because the more you can find alignment with what you think, what you believe, the more entrenched you become in that as an absolute. The closer you shift to that north pole of it being right, there really is no room for dissent. And we do it with our clients. We create this judgment where we think we know and we doubt that they know. So if there isn't buy-in, if there isn't acceptance, well, we're right and they're wrong. Years ago, I actually worked with an architect who, upon the client not liking the ideas he showed, actually said they were ignorant. And they were too stupid to appreciate what he had shown them. Wow. I mean, that's an extreme example. But how many times in our own heads are we sort of thinking that, right? We might, we might be smart enough not to say that out loud. But we're thinking it. We're thinking it. If we avoid that polarizing, what has to happen? We have to, number one, and this is... This, Seems like a little shift, but for me, this has been huge. You expect dissent. Imagine if you were going to go into a room and give a presentation. And we were going to put labels on the chairs for the people who were going to show up. So there was going to be the onboard enthusiast who was going to smile, nod their head, and just generally show complete Not only acceptance, but excitement about whatever you talk about. Then we were going to have the neutral poker face. So they're taking it all in. We're not sure what they think. We're going to have the confused questioner who's very engaged, who wants to get it, but who's maybe struggling a little bit. And then we got the curmudgeon. They are there all the time. Just like all these other characters are taking their seats, so does the curmudgeon. And if you expect that, you can just be like, oh, there you are. I knew you'd be here. You're not here because I did anything good, bad, right, or wrong. You're just here because this is part of the mix. This is part of who shows up. And these roles can switch, right? The person who's the excited enthusiast in one meeting 
could be the curmudgeon or the confused one in another. The point is, if you expect that not everyone is going to accept what you have to show them, and you expect that before you even start, your mind is in a different place. And that's important because if we don't get our mind in a different place, we can't be curious. The real value of any creative profession is not that you can impose your divine wisdom upon a situation. It's that you can be empathetic and co-create and produce solutions that are meaningful and relevant. That's what we're really trying to do. That's how we really affect change in the world is that what we're doing makes a difference. It helps change people. And we can't change people from the outside. Change has to come from within. So if we're not co-creating, no matter what we produce, it's not going to have the effect we think it will. Next thing to remember is that disagreement isn't rejection. Remember, it's not about you. It's about the ideas. It's about the process. It's about the engagement. It's about the right fit. Rather than taking disagreement as, oh my God, they hate me, which triggers that lovely anger, guilt, and shame spiral that we talk about so much here at Architecting because it's so powerful and we're so triggered to get into that all the time. And that is not the place from which you can be persuasive. It is not the place from which you can negotiate and make sure that as you navigate through issues that people feel seen, heard, understood, that their needs are being met, that you are truly giving them something that's going to make a difference for them, but also is something they couldn't have gotten to on their own. And I was having this conversation with a younger staff member just last week. We were talking about being in the early stage of a project where we're still trying to figure a lot out. And we need to make a whole bunch of different variables that are part of this project, including what goes on what floor and why. How do we balance the size of these floor plates so the second floor isn't half the size of the third floor? What innovation can we bring to the way that the building is organized and the circulation flows and the departments are organized? All of that, right? So it's, it's messy. It's complex. And she was getting very stuck in the complexity of it all. And when we're stuck, and we all do this, we get in the weeds. We cling to all the most minute details and we focus on that while completely not seeing the big picture, the whole missing the forest for the trees problem. In our conversation, I kept saying, you've got to pull back. What's the big idea? What's the concept? What's the framework? As we would work one out, I'd be like, okay, now show me another one. The point of doing that was First of all, to understand things at a very high level, to understand things in terms of 
solving a problem, meeting a pain point at a very high level, to make sense of the chaos at a very high level, to build that framework that everything else, all the details, because they will come, plug into and hang off of. And as you can imagine, different armatures are possible. And depending on the armature you choose, the way the other things begin to hang off of it will be different. So we really want to make sure we understand these high-level directions that things can go and why. So we're not attached to one solution. We're not attached to saying, I got it. This is it. Solve the puzzle. Give me my prize. We're saying, here are a bunch of possibilities that address the issues in the project at a high level. There are pros and cons to each one. Some of them solve certain parts of the problem really well and not others. And some of them address parts of the problem that weren't even addressed in the first solution, but fail miserably at something else. And on it goes. Now we can co-create with our clients. And I know you're going to say, I do options. What are you talking about? You probably are not presenting the options in a way that is really helping the client to understand what's different about them. What are the issues? How is each option actually addressing those issues? could even grade it, right? On a scale of one to five for critical issue number one, this option got a four, that option got a two, this option got a five. Next criteria. Because usually what you find out is that there may be some outliers that you can clearly rule out, but when you get down to what's really going to solve a problem for people, there is no magic bullet. And you're fooling yourself if you think that there is. Instead, there's a lot of variables and constraints and there probably is not one answer that's going to solve everything. But by being very comprehensive, by helping people to understand the issues and how you're addressing the issues and what's possible, now you are opening their minds. You're not confusing them. You're not assaulting them with your alleged brilliance, which alienates them. You're saying, I did the work you wouldn't know to do to help you understand how all these issues layer together and different ways to solve them. Now let's look at all these issues. Let's prioritize what matters. Let's begin to solve the problem together. So the value you brought was the ideas, the surfacing of the concepts and the parts and pieces. It wasn't the solution. And this really applies to how you do anything, right? If you are having a conflict with a person for whatever reason, trying to argue your side, your point of view, is never going to persuade that person. All you're going to do is entrench them in their beliefs, which clearly don't align with yours or you wouldn't be having a problem. If instead you were to, one, 
think that it's not about you, you're not a victim, and unhook from needing to be right about whatever it is, and instead invited the person to say, this is an issue we're trying to get through. These are some ways I think that it could be approached. What do you think? It's the same thing as presenting options, right? There are going to be pros and cons. There's going to be the imperfectly solved problem no matter what. But now you're discussing it, not attacking one another, not getting stuck in polarization of right versus wrong, but instead, how well does this work? How well does that work? What could we combine? How could we surface a different solution together? As much as in creative professions, we know there's no right answer. We know that if we gave the same problem to 20 talented architects, we would get 20 very different solutions. We have to get unattached to being right, unattached to the solution, and more invested in uncovering the problems and thinking about alternative ways to address them and to co-create with others, not be in an ivory tower imposing our judgments about what should happen, but rather looking at what could happen. Being persuasive is such a skill because persuasion isn't about entrenchment. It really is about reaching out, about working together, about helping people to understand how and why things you can do for them will address their pain points. It's such an important skill set for any creative professional to have. I would love to hear your issues with being persuasive, with selling yourself, selling your ideas, what you've been dealing with. So please uh, leave a comment, make a post, tag me on Instagram at Architecting Podcast. I love hearing from you. If you found what you heard today to be valuable, the best way you can help out is to leave a review and follow the podcast. It really does make such a difference in helping the audience grow and being able to reach more people. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really value your time. I know there's a lot of things you can do with it, and I'm so glad that you're here as a listener. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.